Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. An incredible pleasure to be back on board with you once again today, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving week as we head in that direction. There will be a game on Thanksgiving, and we will be previewing that. Uh, in segment number two. So, yeah, we just might have a Thanksgiving Purple Mafia show. In fact, the odds are, well, pretty good that that'll happen. But if not, it'll be on Good Friday. Maybe I should be talking about that later. But uh, the Vikings won today, yes. <laughs> 24-7 to over the Los Angeles Rams. The score maybe won't indicate the uh, the uh, just, just how close and how scary this game was for the first three quarters. But, uh, I mean, scary as hell. But the Minnesota Vikings are right now 8-2 and two and in sole possession of a first-round bye in the NFC playoffs if the season ended today. Don't get much better than this. Well, yes, it does. But uh, we'll get there when we get there. And let's freaking get there this time, all right? A golden opportunity awaits this team as we head closer and closer into the Christmas season. As we all know what that means. The month of December... Obviously, the wonderful Christmas lights and everything, and I just posted something on the Purple Mafia Facebook page. Hopefully, I get some responses before the uh, <laughs> before I get to the fan interaction segment. You will be hearing from Mr. Mad Martin once again, but uh, yes, the Minnesota Vikings will have home field advantage in the playoffs as things continue the way they are. Uh, the odds of being 12-4, and four, outstanding. The odds of being 13-3, and three, stronger than they were before, that's for sure. And if you want to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs and literally... Lombardi, Vince Lombardi's trophy comes through U.S. Bank Stadium, literally at that point. Regardless if we play the Patriots in the Super Bowl or whoever, if the Vikings somehow wind up with the number one uh, seed in the NFC, it is the golden opportunity of a lifetime that no team has ever had, ever. And, my God, you know, it's just, oh, you know, just hope. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been through it before, at least most of us, unless you're really, really young, like you're 16 or something. We've all been through it before. We all know what I'm talking about, and um, let's uh, get there when we get there, right? Let's talk about the game a bit today. Uh, Case Keenum was given the job. Again, we'll hear from what you guys have to think about that on the uh, second segment. Uh, just about everybody approved. In fact, I believe it was unanimous on the Facebook page, and it's been unanimous. Case Keenum deserves the job to be the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings at this moment. And there's no doubt about it. Um, boy, you know, luckily it's not a Randall Cunningham situation where his playoff history was poor. Uh, even Brett Favre, of all people, as great as he was, he was ever capable of having that dopey moment at the last second like he did in 2007 for the Green Bay Packers. He did to the Vikings just two years later. Uh, in a game the Vikings had. The Vikings absolutely had that game. They were outplaying the, the New Orleans Saints throughout the game, but they continued to screw up. And then at the end of the day, the Saints outplayed the Vikings because they capitalized on the Vikings' mistakes, and they forced the Vikings' mistakes. The Vikings were, unallowed, were unable to protect the football. One major thing today that I think is mysteriously being, it's just slipping right through all the media outlets today. Uh, an amazing statistic, an urban legend, we can say. It's an urban legend that nobody talked about, but also a phenomenal sign for this Minnesota Vikings team. No turnovers. 
And yeah, okay, sure. The Vikings were close to having turnovers if wide receivers didn't bat the ball away, just like uh, the <laughs> L.A. receiver batted a ball away uh, from... Uh, Harrison Smith, a sure interception. Harrison was a little ticked off, thought he was interfered with, and, well, the call was not made. A lot of calls were made today, and, and a couple calls weren't. The other L.A. team is stomping the other team that almost moved to Los Angeles, that being the uh, Buffalo Bills, the Chargers and the Bills. Wow. Hmm. Two teams in L.A. <laughs> well, it's too little too late for the Chargers, unfortunately. God bless them. Um, but the Vikings did not turn the ball over today against the team with the most takeaways in the NFL. They forced four turnovers last week. And yes, it was against a pretty weak team, but still, four turnovers. And, you know, <laughs> that was the Houston Texans, by the way, against, uh, uh, I want to call him Mike Savage. That's Tom Savage. Michael Savage. That's the best radio host that ever graced the airwaves of any radio station, in my opinion. Um, that's debatable, I'm sure, to a lot of people, but... Quite a hit and miss day for the running game, but boy, when they hit, they hit, and it was awesome. But again, for the Vikings to not uh, give up one turnover against the Rams, it is definitely an underrated statement and an underrated stat today. Yes, it's like you want to protect the football. You know, it's sports 101. I mean, you don't want to have 19 turnovers in the NBA. You don't want to turn the puck over in the NHL. A, a key, like you literally give a centering pass to the uh, to an opposing forward, and then boom, it's one on one with a goalie, and there you go, you lost. Or you probably will lose. Stuff like that. A crucial 2-1 to one loss at home or something like Matt Dumba would do, which we always talk about on Brave the Wild. But luckily, I haven't been ripping Matt Dumba as much because he's been a little better. <laughs> Check out Brave the Wild. Shameless plug, of course. That's a Minnesota Wild podcast. It was definitely hit and miss for the Minnesota Vikings running backs today. But again, when they hit, they hit. And the offensive line did a phenomenal job for the most part. Um, I would say they did for the most part, yes. Way, generally speaking, they were outstanding. Uh, no sacks. That's another insane statistic today. <clears throat> A statistic that deserves just so much credit. Um, Riley Reef, thank you very much for being the just one of the best left tackles in the NFL. I mean, I think he's probably going to get a, a ticket to Honolulu. Hopefully gets a uh, early February ticket to the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. One more home game for the Vikings in early February. I hope so. You know, I freaking hope so. I'm just dying for it, man. It's only been 41 years, that's all. But Grant's only 90 years old. You know, he's only 90. You know, he, you know, you know, he, it, it hasn't been that long. You know, Frank Tarkin is 75, 76 years old. It's only been a little while. You know, and again, I'm not trying to be funny. It's just like, let's get back to the Super Bowl. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting, man. You know, and I think we all are. Vikings running game, again, I mean, just very solid. Jerk McKinnon, Latavius Murray, they talked extensively today during the game of how losing Delvin Cook, you know, and this is the post-game threads, the current, you know, in-game threads, of course, Greg Olson, the commentator, and I kind of liked him, actually. I think he'll make a very good uh, color commentator in the future. Of course, that drew the ire of lots of people because the Vikings will be playing the Panthers in a couple of weeks. Well, hmm, we'll just have to wait and see with that one. <laughs> Take care of business, Minnesota. That's what you got to do uh, at the end of the day. Um, but what am I even talking about anymore? I'm losing track of where I'm going. Uh, the offensive line did a great job for the most part. I mean, the holes that were given to Latavius Murray, it's more the offensive line than Murray, yet at the same time, Murray did make some good moves, and Jarek McKinnon broke a extremely key tackle down the stretch that helped the clock run and helped get the Vikings into scoring position as well. But again, moving the chains, and, and you know, I mean, that's how you win football games. It's simple stuff. It's it's wonderful to have. Uh, of course, getting the huge turnover at the goal line, a la 
Adrian Peterson, literally at the goal line. We appreciated that so very much. Um, that was a wonderful moment. Cooper Cup, of course, a guy who, uh, you know, he's gonna he's feeling it today. I'm sure there was a deep reception down the field, which would have been huge for the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup unable to bring the ball in, and of course, he also fumbled at the goal line. Tight end for the Los Angeles Rams, a very valuable player, of course. Would have had a much happier day today if he was able to hang on to the ball in both of those occasions. And, you know, that, those were moments that helped change the game. Um, <clears throat> and when the Vikings running backs were unable to get through, there was this. No, it wasn't two yards in a cloud of dust. It was a tackle for loss in a cloud of dust. It was like two yards backwards. And in one case, seven yards backwards when Jerry McKinnon was leaping over and got upended. It was kind of funny looking and... I don't know. I kind of like the announcers today, actually. I, I kind of like them. I hope you guys like them, too. I kind of enjoyed it, you know, actually. I didn't enjoy the first three quarters of this game, though. I mean, I was just... They, we're we're, we're going to freaking lose. I mean, I've watched a thousand of these games. I mean, how, how many of you thought the Vikings were going to lose this game? Pretty much the first three quarters. You know, maybe the maybe after the driver, the Vikings tied it up in the second quarter. You think, okay, we'll be fine. Early second quarter, when Latavius Murray was able to rush up the middle and in. Like, oh, this is we'll be fine. But after the missed kicks by Kai Forbat, the first one was Gary Anderson-like, where it was just straight. It didn't curve when you want the ball to curve when you're on the the uh, the right hash. You want the sucker to curve over, and it didn't curve. It just didn't. You know, you're expecting it to curve to the left and go right through the uprights like it always does. It just stayed straight like Gary Anderson in 98. Luckily, it was, well, it was 10 yards further away. Nothing lucky about it, but it just missed. Um, and then the next one, though, 38 yards. Kai Forbath is automatic from 38, and he's made 50-plus yard kicks, several of them this year. In fact, he's four for four. So a lot of us that thought maybe Kai Forbath doesn't have much of a leg, well, he has enough of a leg, and he's making them. And, you know, the object of kicking is to make the kick, like, duh. And he missed two of them. And they, they were in key stretches where, okay, the Vikings can take the lead. Okay, they didn't take the lead. Oh, this time he'll make it, though. It's closer. And this is a drive that, you know, both cases you think, gosh, you know, we should have had a better fate in this one. Drop pass or incomplete pass or, oh, great. We got pushed backwards or dumb penalty, whatever it was. One thing after another, face mask penalty in the game by Mr. Morgan. Oh, God, why are you getting called for a face mask penalty when the play isn't even anywhere near you? And it didn't help anybody. It just hurt us. That's all it did. Um... And then you end up settling for, you have to punt, or of course you have to kick a field goal rather than hopefully get in the end zone, stuff like that. And the ball completely missed right away. You could hear this, ah, or ow, basically, from Kai Forbath because he knew it was a bad kick and it bounced off the uprights, drawing the ire of the Minnesota Vikings faithful um, in Skull Stadium, you could call it, because that's what they like to do, the Skull Chant, which they waited really long to get to it today for some weird reason. Um, but... Jeez. <laughs> Again, raise your hand, show of hands, for who thought the Vikings were going to lose the game today. Come on now, I, I can see you out there. I I know your hands are raised. Just just admit it. My hand was raised just now. My hand was raised. You can't see it, but it's up. It's up right now. I, I mean, how do you not think the Vikings are going to lose in that situation? Because it just reeked of a classic, get your hopes up, and ah, here we go. Ah, down we go. You know, it's been, it was a fun season. We'll still make the playoffs, but, oh, you know, we'll have to hope for some kind of miracle run on the road. You know, it's been done. Denver Broncos did it. New York Giants did it, this and that. Even the the 06, or excuse me, the 96 Broncos had to go on the road after they had a great season in 95 when they got knocked out by Jacksonville. Ugh. 
But, um, you know, it can be done, but how often do the Vikings do it, you know? <laughs> 87 for a little while, that was pretty awesome. But um, maybe, but we're going to have to do it on the road. And then, well, things started changing. And you started noticing in the second half, despite the missed kicks, the Vikings continued to get down the field frequently. And it's like, okay, clearly we're the better team. So let's get the freaking ball in the end zone one of these days. And then, well, it took a very close call. <laughs> was he over? Was he not? Well, it would have been third down. The Vikings would have had one more shot to get in. I think hopefully they would have got in. But luckily, the referees, even after the replay, it said Latavius Murray was in. It looked like he was short by an inch, something like that. Hopefully, the Vikings would have got in. It, it, you know, again, it was hit and miss. And the way the Rams' run defense has been for the most part, it would have been hard. But hopefully, maybe, maybe Latavius Murray would have went in unscathed. Maybe even McKinnon. Maybe it's a screen pass. Maybe it's God knows what it would have been. As long as you don't turn the damn ball over. And that's what I was scared of the whole freaking game. And that turnover never came. And that was one of the huge freaking differences in this one, uh, including an insanely gutty pass uh, late in that first quarter, which helped lead to the Vikings' first end zone play, where Case Keenum avoided multiple uh, tackles. I mean, just unbelievable how he got out of there. Still manages to throw an accurate pass to, to, um, <laughs> to Adam Thielen, who's just un who's just become one of the best receivers in football. In fact, he's leading the league in, re in receiving yards right now. But uh, just an overall awesome game. Um, we're just kind of going over certain stuff today. It's just, you know, whether it's in order or not, it is just an awesome moment uh, when, when uh, Case Keenan was able to complete that pass. And you're seeing more and more gunslinger out of this guy. And you saw less and less turnovers out of this guy. I mean, I was so scared that there was going to be some kind of fumble, like Murray or McKinnon was going to fumble, or Case Keenum would throw an ill-advised pass. It was going to get intercepted, and then the Rams were going to kind of take the momentum away from the Vikings. But again, that turnover never came. Um, Case Keenum didn't force too many passes today into coverage. Like There was a play early, uh, later on in the game. The Vikings had that 14-7 to lead. There were... <laughs> Ram defenders, well, they were getting blocked very well by the offensive line, who again gets an A-plus for today's game, I would say, even though they got beat a couple times, but you know, it's one of the best defensive lines there is, that 3-4 defense with Aaron Donald, but still, tackles for loss were happening, but but sacks weren't happening, and man, and luckily Case Keenum had enough time, nobody was open downfield, at least not open for a long enough amount of time, Case Keenum did not want to make a huge mistake, and he was able to do a little check down to Morgan, which later set up another first down and kept a drive alive and kept the Vikings in good shape. Um, but after stopping the Rams, <laughs> when you're able to get a completion to Adam Thielen, and he was able to just scamper, he was able to break the one tackle, and then he just took off. It was a beautiful thing to see. 65-yard scamper to pay dirt. About a 15-yard about a gain on the play, I would say. And then he just was able to take off and do what he does. And looks kind of like Moss in that way. A little bit. Not the spectacular deep pass type of like reception from Moss. But when he would make those shorter catches, you know, like not short, but like mid-range, mid kind of like 15 yards, and he would turn, he, he would cause a missed tackle, and he would just go, like against the uh, Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. It kind of reminded me of that. And Adam Thielen just showing extreme 
plays throughout the game today. Uh, Kyle Rudolph pretty much caught everything that came his way today, other than when, well, he was held on one of the plays, and it was very helpful down the stretch again. Uh, Rudolph had a very strong game, I would have to say, making catches that he doesn't always make. Uh, looked like a Pro Bowl tight end today, and I appreciate it. Jarius Ray was able to throw in a huge key first down along the way as well. Michael Floyd looks pretty mediocre. Uh, I don't know. I thought he was a little better than this, but he wasn't. Uh, Laquan Treadwell threw in a horrible uh, penalty along the way, a meaningless hold, just unnecessary. Well, what's the point? And that's kind of what Treadwell is. He was able to make two catches for 10 yards today. We're happy for him, I suppose. Uh, And that's just kind of all she wrote for the offensive statistics, I would say. Uh, Stefan Diggs was able to draw a pretty key penalty like he always does down the field. It helped get the Vikings in position. That was in one of the drives where it was a missed kick. But again, it showed that the Vikings offense was knocking on the door. Like something was going to happen at some point. And thankfully, eventually, things started to go the Vikings way. Um, After the call that Latavius Murray was in, despite a lot of people thought he was just barely short, the Rams were unable to do anything, and of course, again, that's what led to the Adam Thielen burst, and the whole game changed dramatically in that fourth quarter because of that, and then Forbath finally was able to make that field goal at the end, the 39-yarder, to kind of, just for a feel-good moment for him, kind of to get his confidence back up. I'm telling you, if he missed that kick, the third field goal attempt, I don't know, I think his job might have been in jeopardy to, uh, tomorrow morning. That would have been a distinct possibility, actually, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, C.J. Ham, I thought, just made a huge key block along the way, too, on one of Latavius Murray's explosive runs. He did have a long of 34 today, ultimately 95 yards at two touchdowns, both goal line. Of course, the first one was eight yards away, just went right in there, and that was a wonderful feeling, and you saw several of those today when the offensive line was able to make good blocks, and of course, C.J. Ham, a huge part of it. Even Jerick McKinnon threw in a very important block, which bought more time for Case Keenum to complete a pass to who 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 else? Adam Thielen. That's pretty much what the what the story is there. Um, even Jarek McCann, little a littler guy blocking and just making the huge play. C.J. Ham's blocking ability, though, just you know, so crucial to this team, and it just shows you what a moron Adrian Peterson really was. Like he didn't want a fullback when the guy didn't block. Just think about it, Adrian Peterson. How much damage that guy did? You know, as good as he was. But how much damage he did in pass protection over the years. Think about it. Just sit down and think for a minute. And and maybe run protection as well because, well, oh, I don't need a fullback. He just gets in the way. Yeah, well, maybe you have a few less of those two yards in a cloud of dust and more and more of those he's loose from Paul Allen as that's what Adrian was ever capable of. I'm not worried about my fullback getting in the way when he's making a block that can be game-changing. That can change the game at the moment. And that's what C.J. Ham is able to do. A lot of us, you think of old Ham on Rye or Ham and Eggs, C.J. and Ham. Okay, he's just this mediocre guy. You know, good story, feel-good story from Duluth. Made the team. And you know what? He's making an impact. Literally making an impact. Physically making an impact. Making those huge blocks. And yeah, he's capable of getting into the end zone on occasion. Okay, just that one time on the goal line. Makes super short yardage type of plays. But... Okay, sure, when you want to power it in there on occasion, but he makes the blocks that make a difference. And that's where having a fullback is oh so freaking valuable. Do you remember Chuck Evans? Do you remember how valuable that guy was? Do you remember how the Vikings changed dramatically when he moved on to the Baltimore Ravens? It made a difference. It really did. I mean, you saw pass protection and run protection take a huge dive after Chuck Evans left. Um, I, I love what C.J. Hem brings to this team, and it's uh, it's wonderful. 
Wonderful indeed. So thanks again, C.J. Ham. <laughs> you know, in some ways, I almost want to give C.J. Ham an honorable mention for that Fran Tarkenton award. Um, the Vikings defense, though, I mean, I didn't even get to it hardly. Uh, you know, they deserve so much credit because they kept the Vikings in the game so many stretches. Terrence Newman even threw in a tackle for loss later on, which kind of helped ice the game. Linzel, Linval Joseph, just outstanding down the stretch. Just, oh, his value. The guy is just priceless. I mean, I love him so much. Uh, Anthony Harris filled in wonderfully in the absence, once again, of Anderson Day. He'll hurt again, unfortunately. Eric Hendricks was explosive, as he always is. And Daniil Hunter for the second week. Back-to-back weeks. Daniil Hunter up to five sacks and making his presence known once again. He's he, he, In a lot of ways, he's like our Aaron Donald, kind of that young up-and-coming defensive lineman. Uh, Donald's been in the league a little longer, but, eh, you know. Um, Anthony Barr was flagged for a roughing the passer at one moment, and, you know, it's just getting to a point where, I don't know, just just, just don't hit the quarterback, you know, just pretend that you're going to hit him and then stop, and hopefully you don't get hurt when, you're, when you make a sudden stop, you know, hopefully your knee doesn't jerk or something like that, but, um, yep, I mean, I guess that's what they want us to do now, just, just don't hit the quarterback, don't hit him. Okay, I'm just kidding. Only hit him if he has the ball or literally like a millisecond after he lets go of it. It's okay to hit him. I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm not mad at Anthony Barr for that penalty, but I guess he's going to probably be snake bit now because the NFL's god, Aaron Rodgers, is gonna is not going to let that one go. And, well, whatever. I guess he's just not. Um, <clears throat> Tremaine Block had three tackles because he was in there at the end <laughs> in the prevent defense because Mike Zimmer wisely took a lot of people out because the game was was done. It was done. We don't need some hyperextended knee at the last second like John Randall when the Vikings were crushing the Arizona Cardinals or anything back in 98. That didn't have any impact in the against the Falcons at all. I, I don't think it had any impact. I'm not bitter about that one, Denny Green. Not bitter at all. <laughs> no, I'm really not. Uh, but that Vikings defense, of course, Daniil Hunter being a factor, Linval Joseph, just an absolute stud. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, we're a little, we were a little worried about him again for a while there. He went in the tent. Oh, Xavier, oh, boy, he's been off injured off and on during the season, but when he's out there, he's just the best. He's the best cornerback there is uh, pretty much right now. Um, loved what Eric Hendricks brought. Wasn't really mad at anybody out there, I would have to say. I don't think, you know, I mean, the defense was so good today that you can't really get mad at anyone. Um, big key plays down the stretch that saved the, saved the day. So, Fran Tarkenton Award, it's got to go to Adam Thielen. He was absolutely spectacular. Um, I'm going to give, a, I'm going to throw another one to Linval Joseph, just stuffing the run down the stretch. Uh, Gurley got some yards today. He, he got some, but generally speaking, he helped keep the Rams at bay. Linval Joseph, just love him. Uh, key tackles, key key down the stretch, and just helped save this team when it mattered most. Gurley, what did he wind up with exactly? 37, yeah. So obviously, run defense, key down the stretch. Um, Todd Gurley always looked on as one of the best, you know, not always, but coming into this game, looked on as one of the best running backs in the NFL. Two years ago, he was spectacular. Last year, he had a sophomore slump. And uh, Jared Goff has had a sophomore surge this season until today. Didn't turn the ball over, but was stymied significantly today. Um, the Rams' defense was uh, was very, <laughs> oh boy, it was very steel curtain like for the most part until that fourth quarter when the Vikings' offense finally started to break through and started to show again what they're ever, ever, ever capable of. And thank you again, <laughs> always for that. And we appreciate Cooper Cup for being in the season of giving as well on the goal line. That was uh, kind of important. Just a little game-changing moment for the uh, Los Angeles Rams at that stage. 
Fran Tarkenton Award, of course, going to Laquan Treadwell and Linval Joseph. Of course, a very strong honorable mention you could also throw into Case Keenum because he was just, you know, he would break tackles, he would get away. I mean, the offensive line is awesome, but Case Keenum's mobility helps too. It, it really does. I mean, he's part of the reason why there were no sacks today and the guttiness of the guy. You know, and I, you know, I, I was making a comparison earlier in the day late in the game, late in the game, like right after the game, I was thinking, you know what? And of course, and of course, on 1500, a little bit after that, somebody else brought up the same comparison. One of the callers, because I always like to listen. I like to hear what the the feeling is with the fan base. It looks like this segment's going to be a tiny, tiny bit longer than normal because this is just, you know, this is a special day for the Vikings. We we broke through the glass ceiling, and that is absolutely the title of the show, The Glass Ceiling. The stock is going to skyrocket now, baby, and because we got through this in, insanely tough team. Um, young, but very tough, obviously, as you noticed. Um, but the comparison with Adam Thielen. Now, the games, the game model... Of the two players is quite different, but at the same time, it's possible. A guy that played in the Arena Football League named Kurt Warner, who played for the St. Louis Rams, came in at age 28-29, got to start because Trent Green went down with an ACL. They were all super excited because that Rams offense, everybody knew that Rams offense had something going on. I mean, why was I, you know, even I knew it, I inadvertently knew it without even knowing it. I mean, I'm drafting my 1999 fantasy football team and I realized I have like four, I have like, I had like four Rams on that team. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Three or four Rams. It was filled with Vikings and Rams because, you know, Cunningham Moss, blah, blah, blah. You know, get this guy, get that guy. I think I even had Chris Carter. I, I don't remember, but I know I had Isaac Bruce. I had, uh, I had, uh, uh, Marshall Falk. I had others on that team. Marshall Falk was like second, was he was way up there at the top of the draft for me. Just love, adore Marshall Falk and all these weapons. And it's like, I took a lot of Rams, but don't they kind of stink? And then, no, they don't stink. I took them for a reason, without even realizing it. And the way they took off, the way they did. And, of course, Trent Green, everyone's so excited about him coming in there from Washington, as valuable as he was, ACL. And then this guy named Kurt Warner. Who the hell is that? Who the hell is Kurt Warner? He had a pretty good game, though, damn. And he had another good game. And another good game. And another good game. And another good game. And another good game. You get the point. Uh, But he just kept doing great. Um, he had an offense around him that was faster than anybody. Like, it was a bunch of, like, Randy Mosses, practically. And Jarek McKinnon's on steroids. We'll try to stay away from the steroids, though, but you get the idea. Um, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Quick plays that were the guy where guys take off. And a bunch of Adam Thielen's. That's what it was kind of like a mix of. And a capable defense. Capable. And a guy who could release the football. A guy who had guts. A guy who knew how to play. And boom, there you go. He ended up carving out a hell of a Hall of Fame type of career, even though he came in at age 28. And then you have Case Keenum coming in, age 28, 29, to the Vikings. Kind of a checkered pass, barely, barely played and all that, you know. And then he was okay with the Rams last year, but there was nobody there at the time. And that, that just the morale of that team last year was not ready to really compete. There were some of the, some of the same guys, but they weren't ready to go. Uh, this year's different vibe, blah, blah, blah. He comes here as all these weapons, and he comes in after a sudden injury. You, you didn't think Case Keenum was really going to play. Maybe a game or two because this or that. Maybe a guy breaks some ribs or whatever, gets hurt a bit, gets banged up. And then he comes out there and starts showing what he can do time and time again. And he's like 10 times better than a lot of us expected. So I don't know. I don't think Case Keenum's going to have a Kurt Warner type career, but it does show that even in the most un 
unexpected circumstances. A guy can emerge and be a starter, even though like 98% of the population would say, no way in hell this guy's going to be a starting quarterback at any point in time. Just pinch, in the pinch, this and that. Uh, ever since that Chicago game, there's something special going on with Case Keenum. Um, and especially since last week, other than those two steer, those interceptions that stick in your crop, beyond belief, and you pray to God he won't do that at key moments. But he showed today that he didn't do that against a team that has more takeaways than anybody else. Um, the, the Redskins were like another one that's good at takeaways. He just made dumb passes. So live and learn and move on and hope for the best. Uh, maybe this is Case Keenum's opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the league. After all, here or somewhere else, depending on how things go and the decision-making with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, the Christian Potter Memorial, uh, you know, oh, Treadwell. I mean, you know, stupid penalty down the stretch. David Morgan, well, he made up for it after getting that. He, he got a key reception that helped get the Vikings in a field goal range, this and that. So, okay. But Laquan Treadwell continuing to be Mr. Invisible. Michael Floyd, I, I, I don't know. I'm not impressed, and I don't think anybody is. So, <clears throat> if Anthony Batista, if you're listening, when you call him a boring player, you're right. He's a boring player. He is. <laughs> but so is Laquan Treadwell, quite frankly, at the end of the day. I'm, oof, oof. Who's impressed with Laquan Treadwell right now? Anybody? Show of hands? Nobody. Oh, hey, Laquan. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that about you, but I see your hands raised. So sorry about that, Laquan. I was just kidding. You're, you're, you still got a chance. You know, you're just misunderstood. So my bad. Point made. Let's go. (laughs) Segment over. Yeah. Thank you for listening, right? For this one. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I hope you did. We'll be back. We'll preview the Thanksgiving game in Detroit. We'll also jump around, banter about the league and all that good stuff right after this. are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to do some rounding up and also some previewing. As the Minnesota Vikings, of course, as we've heard a billion times, the Vikings will be playing the Detroit Lions in the Ford Field, not the Silver Dome. I keep wanting to say Silver Dome, but I don't know. I don't think I'll ever get that out of my system. Ford Field on Thanksgiving Day, where the Vikings hope to f- capture their first turkey since uh, 98, when Randy Moss and co. did their thing. A little bit of uh, Adam Thielen action like today. That was a Randy Moss type of play the other side where he caught the ball and scampered for 65 yards because he was just too fast, and that was fun. Let's roll. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, 40. Tennessee Titans, 17. Ouch. Or as Darren Pang would say, ouch. That's uh, NHL broadcasting. Uh, Yeah, he's one of those. uh, He's a former goalie and, of course, a color commentator in the National Hockey League. Hockey League. Detroit and Chicago played. We'll talk about that last because it is what it is. Uh, Let's look at the playoff picture for a second here. Might as well. Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, 1-2, and two, uh, respectively. They're also 8-2, and two, just like the Vikings, so they would have the first round bye, just like the Vikings. We'll talk about that in a second. Jacksonville is now 7-3. and three. How amazing is that? The Baltimore Ravens have crawled back from the fiery depths of you-know-where. In fact, you know, like the way they got rolled over by the Vikings just a couple weeks ago. They're the sixth seed in the, in the AFC. Another urban legend. Another one. Wow. Tennessee Titans are hanging on to, for dear life. They're the fifth seed right now in the NFC. They'd be on the road in Kansas City, who are also a team 
that is falling like a man without a parachute. And you know what? I told you so. Told you. But they would be hosting a further wild card game, and you never know. Six and four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Told you so. All of you like, oh, they're undefeated. Oh, they're the last undefeated team. Kansas City's awesome. They're number one in the NFL. Not. Well, not. <laughs> Sorry to say. Uh, Buffalo, boy, they have fallen out of the face of the earth as well. Five and five. Oh, Baltimore. Mm, or excuse me, Buffalo. Oh, I can't believe it. Baltimore, I'm happy for them. Cleveland still stinks. They lost to Jacksonville today, which again would be the number one uh, wildcard team in the AFC, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just like the Rams are heading in that direction as well. <clears throat> Just being number three doesn't always mean you're dead at all. It doesn't mean that at all. But, uh, you know, I'd rather be a buy team than the third, than the number three uh, team in the uh conference and then you have to host a wild card game and we saw what good it did for us last time even though it did do a lot until that stupid pile of crap Blair Walsh did what he did but uh, we'll talk about Baltimore later they did win today and most of you probably know who they played and thank you Baltimore thank you I greatly sincerely appreciate that the two teams that uh, got screwed with the whole bye week situation this year because of Hurricane Bleep and Irma thank you very much Hurricane Irma I'm sure they're saying and I, I feel for them Tampa and Miami Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that would be an interesting Super Bowl, wouldn't it? Florida, Florida. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win 30-20. to 20. Two teams that are pretty much kind of dead and gone and done and dusted, as they say in Australia, right, Vince Germano, if he happens to be listening, Cleveland fan. Ugh, done and dusted, huh? I feel for you too, boy. Had that Cleveland game with Jacksonville. Done and dusted is right. They're 0-10. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, maybe uh, New Orleans and Seattle will uh, have a similar situation. Maybe the Seattle Seahawks will get lucky and beat New Orleans uh, uh, over there. But New Orleans eight and two, number three seed. Philadelphia number one. They're eight and one. They'll be playing the Cowboys. It's a shame that that game hasn't concluded yet. In fact, it's just getting started here. But got the Wolves game on in the background. They're playing Detroit as well. Hopefully, both teams win. That would be great. Wolves lost earlier this season in Detroit and got. Kind of hammered there pretty badly. Timberwolves Explosion is also on the sportsstuff.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, Minnesota, yeah, like I said, Philly number one, Minnesota number two, both first-round buys. Isn't that wonderful? It really is. Uh, New Orleans would host the Seattle Sea Chickens. Sea Chickens are number six. New Orleans number two, or number three, pardon me. The LA Rams are number four. See, see what I'm talking about with the whole glass ceiling situation, just like the stock market, when a stock... Hits that resistance, that point of resistance, which in this case were the Vikings and the Rams to each other. You break, The one that breaks through the glass ceiling. When a stock breaks through that glass ceiling, the resistance, like say it hasn't closed above $10 a share in like three bleeping years or something. And there's the resistance after that is unknown. And when there's no guaranteed resistance, that stock might catapult to $13 a share or beyond. Maybe even 15 you know, depending on the momentum. Do you see what I'm talking about, folks? Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, that's what I mean. And But then the ones that end up, they just they hit the ceiling and they go back down. The ceiling doesn't break. Well, the Rams are now the fourth seed. They would still host the Carolina Panthers, which, how the hell are they 7-3? and three? The Carolina Panthers, what the? Ugh, I, don't, I don't like them either. I don't like them any more than I like Seattle. But I don't like Detroit either. Ugh. Oh, Detroit scares me, and they bug me. Ooh, they bug me. So does Dallas and Atlanta. So there's a lot of teams lingering. Green Bay Packers, 5-5. Five and five. They're 5-5 five and five and still alive. Uh, I, I hope not. Arizona stinks, and Tampa Bay stinks. 4-6, and 4-6. Six, and six. Squadron left, squadron fly. Yeah, okay, sorry. I'm imitating uh, 
Gary Burns there. New Orleans over Washington, 34-31. The Redskins were crushing the Washington Redskins were crushing the New Orleans Saints, pardon me. And the freaking Saints came all the way back, and the Redskins are now four and six. Just last week, the Redskins were very much in the mix for the postseason, and you know, they could be a dangerous type of team. You think pivotal game for the Vikings, beat the Washington Redskins. Now, well, it's it's still a nice win, but boy, the Redskins are just they're pretty much toast. I mean, the maximum amount of games they could win this year. The maximum, the maximum, if they go undefeated the rest of the way, is 10. I mean, that's not good. The Redskins were up 31-16, to kind of like the Vikings were on them last week. And here came the Saints, two touchdowns and a field goal in the, uh, you know, from the, uh, the latter stages of that fourth quarter. Things just did not go well for the uh, two touchdowns in the last three minutes. Ugh. Things did not go well for the Redskins after that. Right after Kirk Cousins put them up 31-16 with six minutes remaining, New Orleans, it was all New Orleans after that. And, of course, they won it in OT with the field goal and then the stop of the Redskins. And the Redskins are in trouble, unfortunately, for them. Um, I don't feel for them that much, but I don't want the Saints, man. I don't want the Saints. I don't want to have any part of them. Ooh, boy. Well, get home field. Keep home field advantage over them, I hope. That's a start. Kansas City beat by the Giants, 12-9. to You heard that. Kansas City was beat by the Giants, 12-9. <laughs> yeah, told you so. Chiefs suck. Yep, Chiefs suck, right? Yeah, they kind of do. Um, you know, as good as you think they are, and they have all this skill and all that, this and that, special skills, this, that, and... You get later in the season, they, they tend to go down. Usually they don't do stuff like this until the month of January. Like, okay, they're 13-3, and three. the Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC, and they're out. They're, they're out? Yeah. Yeah, they're out. They lost. They lost their, their home uh, first round bye. They, you know, automatically a second round. Yeah, they're out. They lost, like, by, like, they lost by, like, two touchdowns, too. Like, they look like crud. Yeah, that's the Chiefs. Move on. Houston, 31-21. Arizona's done. Um... Adrian, I can't even put into words again. You know, I can't. I, I have to reiterate this one more time. All of us, every one of us, myself included, thinking, man, Adrian is just left for dead in that sucky New Orleans team. Man, he could have maybe gone to Arizona. There might have been a little bit of chance there. Maybe, maybe he should have just. Maybe they should have got him in Arizona. Especially well, then the guy got hurt, the running back, and everything. Like right when he got hurt, they should have picked him up. Then Carson Palmer magically gets hurt as well. Right when Adrian gets there. And, yeah, wow, yeah, talk about being left for dead. I mean, the ultimate purgatory there with all things are going for the Arizona Cardinals. I would definitely hope for their sake, if you have a top-five pick in the draft, that the the right quarterback of the future is there. Because Carson Palmer is a little bit older than me. Yeah, that's getting up there. Uh, I'm 38. 38, not 28. So, like Case Keenum, lucky guy. 29, pardon me, in his case. But um, lucky guy's got quite a few years left. Me, I don't think I'd be playing much longer. <laughs> Houston, man, Houston. That's Tom Savage, Houston. That ain't no, uh, that ain't no Deshaun Watson. That's that's Tom Savage. I think Michael Savage might be a better quarterback for Houston. Okay, I'm just kidding. Tom Savage had some moments, but oof, oof. Los Angeles Chargers and the Buffalo Bills, another team. They do this every freaking year, don't they? Where they look so good and so promising. Remember the Rex Ryan days and even before that, the uh, uh, Dick Jaron, guys like that, you know, in the past, the long past, of course, in Dick Jaron's case. 
Really, man? I mean, they get they get they look so good. They're like you know a definite playoff team, definite playoff team, hosting the first round, third seed, and they can't they lose by thirty to the Chargers. I mean, yeah, fifty four twenty four. Oh, ouch, uh, ouch, yeah, ouch, ouch, whatever. Wow. Oh my goodness gracious. The Chargers are 4-6, and six and they're kind of sort of semi-still alive, kind of. And they'd have the tiebreaker over the Bills, whatever that's worth at this point. But they would have it, and, oh, wow. Okay, what a what a bleep load of bleep, huh? Cincinnati 20-17 to 17 over the Denver Broncos, another team that was not, you know, that once upon a time was looked on as uh, possibly a threat in the AFC, and they've pretty much lost every game since. They're 3-7. and seven. They're freaking done. New England Patriots rolling over the New uh, Oakland Raiders, 33-8. Bada bing, bada boom. New England is, or excuse me, Oakland is gone. New England, uh, Oakland is re- has reached its doom. They're four and six. Forget about it. Forget about it. Cordero uh, Patterson saw a little bit of action. Who cares? Screw him. He sucks. And so do the Raiders. They just suck, you know. And uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, they just suck. Baltimore Ravens twenty-three, Green Bay zero. Hey, yeah, let's 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 hear for that. Hey, let's go, let's go. Thank you, Mister John Harbaugh. And how about the Baltimore Ravens? Congratulations on squeaking into the playoffs for if, if the season ended today. Green Bay five and five, and barely alive. Ha ha ha. I love it. Uh, three interceptions thrown by the younger Brett. The uh, yeah, much younger Brett. We'll say. He was also he also fumbled in the game today. Four turnovers by a pretty good Baltimore defense. The Vikings uh, made mincemeat of them uh, for the most part. Not that great, but there there was a turnover in that game by uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Keenum in that one. But still, made mincemeat of the Packers. That's for sure. Twenty-three to zilch. Good job, Baltimore. Way to way to stay alive. You know, a team that looked like they're dead and gone. They're alive and uh, Flacco. A little bit better, quarterback rating about 91, and he had just been just dead. And, of course, so many guys have been hurt, and that freaking Wallace, you know, he just, you know, you're, you were hoping for something, and I don't know, and he was good, and then he had the concussion protocol and all that crap, and, ah, wow. Well, there he is now, Michael Wallace, Mike Wallace, Michael. And he had an okay game, 56 yards. He got in the end zone. He caught everything that came his way. Jeremy Macklin. So those guys are better now, and that's uh, they're they're better now. They're healthy now. Jeremy Macklin and Mike Wallace. So funny how that works. Even Ben Watson got a 33-yard uh, play down the stretch. So good on the Baltimore Ravens and way to stay alive in the AFC. Maybe it'll be that nine and seven, eight and eight type of team that watched them like knock the Jaguars out in the first round. Wouldn't that be something? Oh. You know, Devontae Adams is so valuable. Mm, wouldn't he look good in purple? But unfortunately, he's on the wrong side of the river. And yeah, I don't know. He's all what's his name's got over there. Yeah, young. Uh, and of course, Randall Cobb's valuable, but Devontae Adams has really emerged as something. Definitely a favorite of Brett Hundley's. And I don't blame him because he's a favorite of uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Oh, that guy. The guy that had a shoulder injury that keeps complaining. He's just some guy, you know. Hell with him, right? Yeah, it's that guy, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, let's move on. Detroit, Chicago, Detroit, Chicago. It ain't the Pistons and it ain't the Bulls in the early 90s, but boy, those were the good old days, weren't they? Pistons and Bulls, Detroit, Chicago. Mm, that was fun. Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, Joe Dumars, and Scotty Pippen. And Rodman was on the other side. He wasn't on the Bulls yet. He was on the Pistons, and he hated the Bulls, and the Bulls hated him. And yeah, I don't know. Sometimes things change, don't they? Uh, the Bears, 
were winning this game. They were doing well. But what does Detroit always do? What do they always do? Tell me, what, what does Detroit always do? They just they just take it away. They, they beat you, and that's what they do. Um, Chicago was doing pretty good for a little while. They're up 17-7 to midway through the second quarter. But, well, things just changed, and whatever. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky forced into a fumble. But, you know, he keeps getting a little bit better here and there. So, again, watch out. Remember, Matthew Stafford for the longest time was not that great. And then all of a sudden, he just started becoming a winner, and that's what happened, basically. The Bears hung on. They stayed in that thing late. But then, of course, Detroit, Matthew Stafford led the club to victory. Matt Prater, the most powerful kicker in the league. I don't know if he's the best, but he's up there. He's the most powerful, that's for sure. And you got all these valuable wide receivers. There's no Megatron, but there's no problem. The pressure's off. Uh, Matthew Stafford... In throwing the ball to Megatron, forcing plays to him, and you got these Marvin Jones and TJ Jones and and Golden Tate, all these guys. Even Amir Abdullah's got his value here and there, and uh, it is what it is. Um, the the Detroit Lions are what they are. Um, Jordan Howard had another one of his good games. He's he's a Jekyll and Hyde running back, isn't he? And Mitchell Trubisky certainly certainly showing a lot of uh, mobility along the way. Of course, hopefully we need to beat them in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, that's better be chalked up as a win. Like last year, I had an episode that was chalk it up. I believe it was one of the losses. I believe it was the loss to Detroit on Thanksgiving Day, if I remember correctly, where it's like, just chalk it up. You know, another frustrating loss. Chalk it up, where this one hopefully will be another win for the Vikings over the Chicago Bears in in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in this stage. But Vikings almost always beat the Bears here, and they almost always beat us there. Luckily, the Vikings were able to beat the Bears in in the Soldier Field this year, which has all the makings of one of those magical Viking seasons. Hopefully, the most magic magical of all time. If uh, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are the first team to host a Super Bowl and win it. Oh my God! But we'll let that happen when it happens. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions. We know what they are. We know what they're all about. Matthew Stafford has that mobility. You know, I mean, the Vikings coming into today's game, number two in the NFL at stopping the third down. Well, they didn't do it last time they played Detroit, did they? That was the game that they didn't do it. And this is the game they need to do it. If the Vikings are to continue their gla- their, their breaking through the glass ceiling like they did today, they need to do it one more time next week. Well, in a couple of days, pardon me, in about four days against the Detroit Lions. Luckily, both clubs played at the same time, so it's the same amount of hours of rest. So it's nothing crazy like uh, Detroit has a huge advantage. And I do believe the NFL tries their best to uh, parallel people's schedules in such uh, special situations as this, Thursday football. Not Thursday night, but Thursday football. Thursday afternoon football. uh, Yeah, right around noontime, which is the best time to have a football game, in my opinion. I mean, there's nothing better than football at noon. Nothing. I don't want 7.30... 7.30 was like my worst nightmare for the longest time, especially the 2009 season, which just drove us nuts. It also was frustrating before that as well in past years. Sure, it's gotten a little better of late, but whatever. I like noon games more anyway, so it's just easier on everybody, I think. Um, this is a, This is a must-win in a lot of ways, not to save the season, of course, but to maintain the momentum of this club. 
you want to have home field advantage. You want that first round by. You have to win this game because if Detroit wins and they're seven and four, they're one game behind you and they've swept you, swept, swept you in the season series, which guarantees a tiebreaker. If anything should happen, like Detroit continues on a win streak and such, kind of wish. Uh, I don't know. It's like I don't wish Green Bay won because Aaron Rodgers is starting to play around a little bit. He's starting to starting trying to throw a little bit. Supposedly, that's kind of the talk out there. He's trying to start throwing a tiny bit. And um, if Green Bay already had six wins, I'd be, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like if Brett, Brett Hundley had another win over Detroit. But still, mm, I'm a little worried. Um, I'm a little worried either way that Detroit won that game. It's like you wanted Green Bay to win because for sure Detroit's still alive and their quarterback is healthy. It's, you know, you don't have to, you're not pressed where, I mean, they're not pressed where they hopefully, hopefully can get their quarterback back. He's there. Um, and the guy, you know, you just, you got to bring him down on those third downs. That's the biggest key, those third and longs. And that's what plagued the Vikings last year. Of course, Blair Walsh missing field goals and extra points was just BS. And Kai Forbath today, well, it made me worry a little bit. And this could have been one of those games where we're kicking ourselves and saying, here we go again, a chance to go 8-2. And, and once again, we failed to get the job done. Just like way back in 92, we couldn't beat the Houston Oilers in downtown Minneapolis that year. We barely lost that freaking game. Warren Moon even broke his shoulder, and we still lost that freaking game. Things just turned on us, and it was so frustrating. I believe, I can't remember who the quarterback of that team was. Was it Chris Chandler? Couldn't be. No, I I can't remember anymore. It's way back. I don't. It might have been DeAndre Ware, maybe, uh, circa '92, uh, mid to late November game, just like this this time of year. You got to get that eight and two record. The Vikings did that. I'm bouncing everywhere. Detroit has as a dangerous team, obviously, for the most part. It's all about Stafford to me. And obviously, their defense can get the job done, and they have gotten the job done. You know, some some weeks they're better than others, and magically they're always great against the Vikings. Uh, Tahir Whitehead, Whitehead is one of those is he's one of the names out there. Obviously, I mean, there's been many uh, many pardon me over the years. <laughs> Cornelius Washington's always a threat. Mm. And you could just go on forever. Uh, Darius Slay, obviously one of the better uh, secondary players out there. Tavar Wilson, I'm, man. Um, Glover Quinn. Oh, just to hear these names and it's like, okay, we, we got to get the job done here. Protect the football like we always do. Protect the quarterback. And hopefully Case Keenum is a lot more sharp than he was last time. Um, that was a huge key last time around where Keenum was not sharp. He struggled. And, of course, the Vikings could not bring Matthew Stafford down in, the, uh, in, in those third and longs. Uh, that's been the key to the Vikings' success this season is, more than anything, I think is their third down defense. And if it continues in that direction, the Vikings should be able to beat Detroit. I think they're better than Detroit. Um, the Vikings obviously were shell-shocked with the injury of uh, Delvin Cook. I'm almost forgetting his name, which is sad. I'm not really, but... It's like I'm almost forgetting his name because it's like you're used to the other two running backs now. And, of course, it's been so long since the poorest son of a gun's gotten to play. Uh, just, you know, I mean, the Vikings were shell-shocked. They weren't really ready for that. Nobody is. And, of course, he fumbled on the play because suddenly his attention went from hanging on to the football to, oh, my God, my knee. Oh, my God, my knee. The interior, the inside of my knee just moved. That's not normal. Yeah, that. Um, so it's just... <clears throat> the sharpness of Case Keenum, and of course, the third down defense. I can't keep. I can't say that enough. The third down defense. If Keenum is sharp, and the third down defense continues to play like they did today, 
you know, this wasn't the perfect game for them, necessarily. I mean, Jared Goff got through, but generally speaking, when the Rams looked like they had some momentum or some hope, or they needed some momentum, some hope, that Vikings defense stifled uh, Jared Goff. Didn't force him into a turnover or anything, but still, plays were not made. Catches were not made. Jared Goff was hurried, and at the same time, also, passes were knocked away, this or that. Players were denied their routes and all that. Uh, uh, Alexander had a nice game. McKenzie Alexander jamming the routes and all that. Of course, Terrence Newman tackle for loss on uh, Gurley late in the game to help wrap things up. And that's what the Vikings need. They need to hope to get <laughs> players into the backfield, make those tackles for loss, of course, hopefully get to freaking Matthew Stafford and continue that uh, third down defense. Because if you're seeing Stafford <laughs> getting through, getting loose on third and longs again, that's going to be a, a yet another frustrating Thanksgiving. So right now, in good faith, I picked the Vikings victory because of the momentum and, again, the third down defense. I've said a thousand times, I'm picking a Vikings victory over the Detroit Lions. Minnesota will win the game. They will score points, obviously, but not a crazy amount. It's going to be like 27 to 24, a very similar type of game like we've been seeing, and of course similar to today's game. The Vikings will have the 27, the Lions will have the 24. You'll see key stops late in the game, and the Vikings will barely hang on. Hopefully can get a turnover, a fumble, something on Stafford or one of the running backs, of course, Abdullah, <clears throat> would be very helpful along the way. But the Vikings will barely edge the Detroit Lions. I, I expect I expect better defense on third and long. I think the Vikings have solved that problem for the most part. No, nobody's perfect on it. I mean, you're gonna get nobody's gonna be 0 for 10 on third down in a game. And Detroit obviously is a huge threat. And in good faith, I will pick a Vikings victory on the road on Thanksgiving Day. Adam Thielen will be a huge part of the victory as Stefan Diggs has had a good history against Detroit. I think he'll have a better uh, better game than he has had the past couple of games. More of a uh, more of a decoy the last two games. I expect a 100-yard game from Stefan Diggs. And, I, of course, Adam Thielen will continue what he's been doing. He'll be in the 80s, 90s, but I think Diggs will be the uh, will be one of the big keys. Obviously, Latavius Murray, I think you'll see some smash mouth out of him like you usually do early on. And if he's loose, he's loose. Loose enough. He's not fast enough to go all the way like Adrian. But uh, unless, of course, he's right there already. So, like today, the 8-yard one. Stuff like that. Uh, those will be keys to the Vikings' victory, but of course the aerial attack, number one, and the third down defense, number one. Aerial attack to Diggs and Thielen obviously are paramount to the Vikings' victory. 27-24 Minnesota over Detroit in Ford Field. Long segment, of course long first segment as well. Let's get to fan interaction. Leading off will be Mad Martin. Hey Joey, how's it going? Well, that was indeed a fun game on Sunday and so nice to actually beat Washington in a meaningful game. <sighs> a lot of the pundits thought we were going to come up short there. Um, maybe now they'll start to look at uh, the Vikings as a serious contender for a postseason run. Still a long way to go and yeah, the Rams game is going to be a huge one. There's no doubt about it. Um, can I say thanks for giving the veterans a, a moment of silence? I was at the O2 on Sunday, the twelfth, uh, which was Remembrance Sunday in in the UK. And that uh, couple of minutes before eleven, the announcer goes, "Could we please have two minutes of silence f- to remember 
our you know, war dead and all those that have served. And of course, you've then got loads of people just ambling around talking. And while there's some of us standing there in silence and reflection, and man, my blood was boiling, but what can you do? That's the modern age for you. Some people don't appreciate what our militaries do for us. Um, yuck. Anyway, back to the football. I have really warmed to Case Keenum. I mean, four TDs. That was some performance. Yeah, okay, a couple of silly interceptions. But uh, that first one, I can forgive him for that. He was trying to put the points on the board and get the ball down the, the field. Um, mm, still hearing this, so, Kate, you know, Teddy will be back soon, or we hope Teddy will be back soon. Personally, I don't want to see Teddy the rest of the season, because that means we're winning with Case. And if we're winning with Case, I'm happy with that. And, yeah, it'd be great to see Teddy back at some stage, perhaps in the future. But if we've got a quarterback that's doing the job and doing it well, I'm happy. Uh, also, I like the fact that the end of the Washington game where he's going around the stadium giving giving the Vikings fans a high five. I think that's fantastic. And it shows that he's obviously quite a humble guy because he's not really had the opportunity where some players, they walk into the league, they're prima donnas. I could name Aaron Rodgers as one of those sort of guys. But anyway, let's really hope that this guy can, can maintain this kind of level and he has certainly plenty of motivation coming into this weekend, playing against a team that basically got rid of him last year. So wouldn't it be delightful if he can find a way to slice up this Rams defence this weekend? Um, and equally, if we do go 8-2, it's turning into quite a fairy story this year. A backup. And we've also got Phelan, who has turned into an incredibly talented receiver. And he was just a walk-on. What a story. Well, I'm not ready to book my tickets yet for a Super Bowl appearance. It's going to be a rough ride. We've got, obviously, the Rams. Hopefully, we find a way to win. And then we've got the free road games. Going to be a toughie. And equally, we've still got Detroit in the background. I really thought they were going to lose this weekend at one stage. I mean, Cleveland came so close. Uh Disappointing. To be three games behind us, then I would be much more confident. But they have got a considerably easier schedule than we have. So we've still got to consider them as a legitimate threat. Right. Again, I've probably used up way too much time. Take it easy, Joe. Thanks for all you do. As uh, numerous other guys have said, keep up the good work. And why the hell haven't you got a job on local radio over there by now? You're so much more um, unbiased than the likes of PA who is uh, way too much of a homer when it comes to radio. But like you say, when it comes to game day, excellent announcer in that respect. Anyway, thanks again. And Skull Brothers and Sisters, let's beat the Rams. Let's beat the Rams. Ah, thank you so much, Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Isn't he the best? I mean, that guy's got a voice for radio. And um, I really want to thank you for for your thoughts on that, about me being in local radio. I, I wish I would like that. That's a lifelong dream for me. Heck, I used to record tapes when I was five years old, those little Fisher-Price uh, tape recorders, when I first realized you could record tapes. There was a record button on there. So it is kind of a lifelong dream, but I guess I'm kind of fulfilling the recording stuff for other people through the podcast world at the moment. So it kind of is what it is, unfortunately. Pearl Mavi is already nine years old. Oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah, so it's been a long time. Nine years old. I really, really appreciate that. And, yes, Paul Allen is 
very, very Homer-like. The show, too much... You know, what I, you know what my biggest dislike about most local radio and, you know, just radio in general, even a lot of retro game podcasts, just podcasts still out there, they get off topic and they stay off topic and they just bull, bull crap around and it gets like, uh, can we just, you know, does this a, like say if this was a Vikings show and I spent half of the time talking about how I went to this, you know, instead of talking about the Vikings, maybe I go to something that's kind of related. I went to this, the, uh, uh, Arctic Glacier Fest. I talked about it for like a half uh, half hour. The Arctic Glacier thing they do every year or something. Something like that. What if, I, what if I did that? And that's what a lot of the retro game shows do. I love those shows, but I hate when they don't even talk about the damn game until like, you know, like say they're going to review mm, uh, Centipede for the ColecoVision. And they talk about it for like 15 minutes and it's a two hour show. Yeah, do the math there. It's just, seriously, guys. So, yeah, see, now there I go. But <laughs> that's what I get tired of is how people do that. So this is pretty much talking about the Minnesota Vikings and maybe a very brief topic moment here and there. Um, great thoughts there. I do believe that, yes, uh, Case Keenum should keep the job. Um, you know, if somebody, if he gets hurt or he's having an awful game, put Teddy in. Or, of course, if the Vikings are way ahead, get Teddy's feet wet. I wish the Vikings were able to take a big lead in this game. Forbath missing a couple kicks didn't help, but there are other things also that led to that. Like last week's similar deal where Case Keenum basically forced himself to stay in the game with those two interceptions. Um, just pray to God that that is not going to be a trend at some point, at some very important point later on. But I guess you could say that about just about any quarterback. Um, for the longest time, they were too conservative with Bridgewater. It seems like it's been green light with Keenum ever since after the Detroit game, I would say. Something like that. Uh, especially, yeah, by the Chicago game. He just was, like, so much better. It was just amazing ever since that day uh, on the road in uh, Soldier Field. That was serious fun stuff as he came in in the pinch. As Sam Bradford was not up to par in that game. Not up to... Not up to the the challenge. Not up to the challenge. Um, and the Vikings did beat the Rams, yes, of course. And still a long way to go, though. Now we got to beat the Lions. Beat the Lions, yes. And keep these coming. I love you. Love you. Um, so now let's get to the Twitter account. At Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. So at least I said it first this time before I started reading the tweets. Mad Martin, Northern Scotland. He's the king of Twitter when it comes to Purple Mafia. The king of Twitter. And, of course, Gold Star winner. The, uh, the Gold Star winner for 2015 and Silver Star winner last year, if I remember correctly. He was way up there somewhere. Um, Justin Mayer, Henry, boy, he's disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't know if he's still boycotting the NFL or what happened, but I missed him. Josh Mayer, Henry, really appreciate the interaction throughout today's show on Facebook, though. Yeah, a big shout-out to him out of Colorado. So uh, he's looking to steal away those gold stars from his brother, right? <laughs> yeah, no, and he, Josh Mayer, Henry's awesome. So let's keep going. Uh Matt Martin says, looking forward to this one. Traveling home today, so no chance to listen until Tuesday. Winning a meaningful game in Washington. How sweet was that? It was very sweet indeed. I uh, hope it was a safe trip home and everything. And uh, from your tweets, I'm guessing it was a, it was safe at the very least. Hopefully a good uh, good trip home, not a frustrating one. Um, Matt Martin says, another great podcast, my man. And thanks for the gold star. As for replying... You know, like when I was missing on the, the tweets back because I was really shut down yesterday, let's just say. Uh, not yesterday, last week. Um, and I was able to catch up. I had to catch up before recording the show, unfortunately. So it's just kind of one of those situations. <laughs> 
We're almost done with the cleanups, by the way, almost. Last year, we were long done already because things the, the weather conditions were so much better. Um, we had a lot of red sunsets last year. This year, we've had gray sunsets, and if anything, red sun rises, and that means uh, moisture, which really sucks. So let's continue. Where was he? I said, no worries. Completely understand about that. Work has to come first. And yeah, it does. And that's kind of what happened. So it is what it is. He says, a pleasure, my friend. Well, hopefully you can have a bit more free time now that winter is upon us. And indeed, the Purple have helped us have helped us all this year with a, with a super start to this campaign. And I agree so much. Um, I'll probably wrap up the show with how I feel about winter coming. And yeah, which I, you know, I kind of like winter. I'm one of the few that actually kind of does. And yeah, I'll get to that at the end of the show. I says, seriously, someone should be calling, yep, calling you up for radio. No BS. And good, in- and good insight into football and the purple. Had seven hours at Glasgow Airport yesterday, and the show helped pass the time away very quickly. Keep up the good, keep up the good work, brother. See, um, and yeah, thank you very much, my my brother. Uh, see, there it is. See, like so, apparently it was a very tedious trip because he was uh, kind of what what do they call that again? Uh, holdover. Yeah, but not hangover. Holdover. <laughs> You'll probably laugh at that one. It's called holdover. Yeah, where you're stuck. So I'm sure most of you probably know more about that than I do because I'm, uh, you know, let's just say I haven't flown that often. I have, luckily I have flown. Yes, I have experienced it, but not as often as the average adult, I would say. Uh, Mad Martin says, oh, and the NS Force, a businessman uh, doing work and stuff. It's probably way more often in Mad Martin's case. He says, oh, and the photo I posted from Twickenham was my youngest son, and he's still us. Oh, it's your youngest son. Okay, my bad, my bad. Oh my, I'm sorry. Yep. So cool, very cool. Uh, he says, and yes, he's still a Sea Chickens fans. At least it's not Packers or Taints. I might have disowned him. Yeah. Oh boy, he said. Oh no. Just like when a cat tells the kitten to go away. There's Sam Gupta. Cool. Hey, Sam Gupta says great job with the last episode as usual. Thank you so much, Sam. I really appreciate the tribute to the veterans too. And yes. Thank you very much, Sam. And that that's a reminder. Thank you very much, Sam. That's awesome. And that's a reminder, too, with what um, uh, Mad Martin said. I knew I was forgetting something. That was really good stuff, what you had to say about the veteran uh, veterans there. And I appreciate it so much. I, I really appreciate what the veterans have done for this country. And, of course, you know, in, in Great Britain, like World War II and all that, um, obviously, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Revolutionary War is a... <laughs> different much older situation there but no world war ii world war one and so many others too over there in uh, great britain and such um i'm sorry for bringing up that other <laughs> that's luckily that's a long time ago um because we've been wonderful allies ever since wonderful allies ever since and and yes the irritation with the younger generation you know i could go on for hours about that seriously uh, you know and uh, you know I, it's not like i hate them but i hate the attitude more than anything you know when you don't hate somebody but you hate their attitude that's what it is and the dis- you know the lack of respect heck it's even in revelation about all that. a lot of uh, younger generations will be very disrespectful in the last days and well there there i go going way somewhere but yeah well it looks kind of true okay mad martin says the rams past wins past four wins have been against soft teams will be interesting to see how the rams offense do against us maybe the best d in the league a must win yeah um yeah glass ceiling situation and of course uh yeah i mean the rams played a it was a different situation for the rams and it showed today luckily down the stretch in the fourth quarter viking 17 the rams zero in quarter number four let's continue he says second series is more like it now we need seven come on 
nail-biting second half coming, and he knew it. He says, hopefully not, brother. We need 8-2. and two. Yeah, I was afraid that we were going to lose the game. I, I really felt it for the first, by like the third quarter. I was like, we're just we're blowing too many chances to do something here. Kind of like the Wild last night, too, against Washington. So many chances and nothing, nothing. I just, hopefully not, brother. We need 8-2 and two to keep ahead of those Lions and to be home field advantage, and luckily the Vikings did get that. He was saying how the score should be 20-7. to seven. Hope we don't get screwed by those missed field goals. Yep. And, of course, are you saying how Mr. Uh, Case Keenum, or Case Keenum and, of course, Adam Thielen daggered the the, the uh, L.A. Rams. He says, now I'm officially enjoying my Sunday. The Taints and Packers are losing, and hopefully the Lions go down. Well, the Saints won. The Packers, uh, the oh, only the Packers lost, but that's nice. They're our least favorite of all, but Saints and Detroit still alive and well, unfortunately. And he wraps up the Twitter section, him being uh, Mad Martin, says, well, they've met my expectations out of out of the eight and eight season, but with six games to go, can we win out? Please, fortunate to wow, home field all the way. It's time to bring that bad boy home. Skull, that's New England Patriot reigns right there. And if the Vikings go fourteen and two, yeah, I mean the ultimate dream is to have home field advantage all the way to the trophy, not just to the Super Bowl, but in the Super Bowl all the way to the trophy. That'd be unbelievable. Um, then just freaking win at home. That's all you got to do. Just win your freaking home games in the playoffs and your world champions. Most unbelievable thing ever. <laughs> kind of like the Boston Celtics in 2008, and they were able to take advantage of that. They just took care of their home games, and they won the NBA title that year. Let's get to Facebook. I'm kind of dragging this. I apologize, but I'm really enjoying uh, interacting with you guys, and I'm sorry I drug out some. I I, I really love that second segment, <laughs> and I tend to drag it too long. I apologize if it's... A little bit up there, but then again, I suppose, yeah, you like to sometimes, I mean, it's good you're working outside or whatever, stuff like that. <sighs> Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, but first a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven, Trevor Wickerin, the founder of that page, kind enough to allow me to post uh, links to Purple Mafia Show on there, the, uh, on that Facebook page. I encourage you also to join that. Join the in-game and post-game and the the weekly news, this and that. You know, up, updates during the week, like this happened, that happened. And, of course, I also post that on the Purple Mafia Show. But we are ally pages, we'll say. Ally. We're not sister pages because it's not like the same, you know, owner or whatever. So it's um, Purple Mafia Show, uh, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. That's also in the show description. Let's get to the point immediately, if humanly possible. We live. We leave off on episode 253. This is 254. The Capitalize. That's what that one was called. This one's The Glass Ceiling. Gerald String out of Nebraska says, Can't wait to listen in tomorrow. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, Gerald String is right. Tomorrow's highlight is downloading tonight. Nice rhyme there. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. James Beck out of the UK says, Hi, Joey. Another great episode. I thought I'd fill in some missing details about myself and experiences of week eight. Apologies if this is a bit long. I currently live in Hull, Yorkshire. Okay, yep. So, yep. Which is north of England. Not quite Mad Martin North, but we had a 250-mile drive. So, yeah, see, that's some effort there to our hotel the day before the game. That's about twice as far as Duluth is from here, by the way. Um, he says that would be like somewhere in Canada if we went north or, you know, like uh, far down into Iowa there. Let's continue if we went south. He says, which took us about five hours. Yeah, that's uh, Iowa. Yep. He says, we then took a 40-minute train ride into Twickenham. On the on the day itself, certainly not the longest journey for this game, but any by by any means, 
we ran into quite a number of, of American fans, which was great to see. The atmosphere around the stadium and the tailgate was something else. I don't think I have had a comparable experience to that in any other sporting event. Unfortunately, I don't think that translated to the TV audience during the game. Watching back, it feels as though it was a bit flat. Yep, Cleveland. <laughs> he says, maybe down to the number of neutrals in the stadium. There's that. Yeah, yep. Being there, being there though, felt really special. Mad Barton, you should come and sit on the cop at Hillsborough. He says, home of my soccer team's Sheffield Wednesday. If you think the seats at Twinkingham are tight, Dave, you are in for a shock. Oh, so basically they're really, really, really bad at Sheffield there. Mm. Apparently. Thank you very much, James Beck, for the information and uh, for sharing that. That was cool. Um, it's cool to know the experience, what it was like. And, yep, there, I, I could imagine there'd be neutral fans in the stadium because some of the, you know, they just want to watch football. And, uh, you know, and of course the Cleveland Browns are, you know, sorry Vince Germano, but Cleveland Browns right now are about as exciting to watch as just fill in the blank. Let's keep going. <laughs> Gerald Spring says... Uh, well, this show just never disappoints. I know I say this all the time, but this is still the best Viking show out there. Thanks for the work and for the star, Joey. You rock. And you rock too, Gerald. And Absolutely. Thank you very much. James Beck rocks. Yep, Mark Carlson. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I was saying, oh, it's Case Keenum, Sunday versus the Rams. Sebastian Barton, Hall of Famer of Purple Mafia, says zero surprise. Eric Mustard says, as it should be, as one of the talking heads said last week, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It would be great, though, if the Vikes could blow it open so that Bridgewater could get some reps. Don't think that's going to happen, but it would be nice. I, I, I wish the Vikings could get a big lead and get him in there, but no. Sandy, Fra Sandy Fried says, I should hope so. Mark Carlson says, I think the team is doing great. Keenum has made errors, but he also has shown high ability. His play does not suggest sitting him thus far, and I agree with what Paladino Joey said in the last episode, 253. If he is costing us the game, sit him. But I don't expect that to happen. I am looking forward to Sunday's game, and I'm so excited to see how this team, or about, so excited about how this team has been playing this year. Skull, Mark from Iowa. Leland out of Iowa says, Leland Albertson says, Hard to bench someone who throws four touchdowns in the last game and six and one, is it not? And yeah, is six and one, is it not? And yeah, very hard. Yep, good points there, guys. Uh, Case Keenum has special skills. That's the difference. And again, I kept talking about on the last episode, or was it two episodes ago? I think it was the last. Okay, Kristen Potter went number 12 overall in the first round, and he has no special skills. He just has happy feet. You know, he can move a little bit, but he wasn't that great. It's not like he's breaking loose for, you know, it's not like he was ending, like, uh, getting through a third and 15. The only times he ever got anywhere, he'd usually fall short a little bit. Case Keenum's got special skills. He's got guts. He's got vision. He's, uh, he, he, he can play this game. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. But he's got those magical skills, that, that love of the game, and that knack, that, that knack to get the win, you know, to, to, to go for that win. And to make that play, uh, he can hit receivers when he needs to. He's not overthrowing and underthrowing. Uh, sometimes he was, but he's, you know, it seems like it's, 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 it's getting better. I mean, he's, his timing is better than it was before. Uh, it's kind of it's getting kind of exciting, isn't it? Um, I was saying Vikings versus Rams in game thread. That was extremely busy. Uh, Mark Carlson was saying Newman for award critical stops occurring early. That was huge. And he says, I love that old footage from the 70s. Yeah, isn't that fun to see? 
Mark Carlson is just saying, screw the ref. Yep. Uh, Kurt Back was saying how Keenum is doing great, if I do say so. Uh, Tony Coleman, of course, from South Dakota. Kurt Back from White Bear Lake. He says, uh, Kurt Back after the big play says, can you feel it? That was cool. Just like, can you dig it? Uh, yep, Adam Thielen. And Kurt Back knows Adam Thielen a little bit. Uh, he knew his dad. Uh, Detroit Lakes and all that. Pretty amazing stuff. And he also knows uh, uh, one of the young players in the Los Angeles Kings. He knows his uh, uncle. Just crazy. Um, absolutely nuts. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota's finest, says uh, him and, of course, uh, Tony Coleman. Uh, he says, nice win. Case looked good. No more Teddy talk. Yeah. <laughs> and Cedric Paul, they say, kick is good. Jeff Froilan says, I was really worried about Kai leaving six points on the field, but... This is a really well-rounded team, and they and, and they handled their business yet again. What a win, Jeff Froyland. Yep, um, I agree. Kurt Back says, that was the best Viking game I've seen in a long time. Mark Carlson says, boom, boom, another Vikings victory. So proud, so happy, so excited. So now we move to the official postgame thread of this show. Matt Emer has two arms flexing, like, yes, you know, and that's awesome. And that's the Vikings' strength and their power. Tony Coleman says it's a beautiful day. Patrick Grant says D started off pretty piss poor, but got right as the game went on. Adam Thielen, another great performance. And, yep, good way to sum it up there. Patrick Grant, love what you had to say. Dave Vicky says, what a game. Like I said last week, Thielen always seems to get open. Best win of the year. And doesn't he always seem to get open? He, he really does. And so, you know, Laquan Treadwell, you'll, you'll just never see that, will you? No separation. It's not just luck that the receiver, that the uh, secondary is sleeping on the play. You know, there were times you thought maybe they're just sleeping on the play, Ohio stealing wide open, but no, he's getting open, like legitimately. It's really freaking awesome, isn't it? Mm. Um, Cedric Pauling says, awesome defensive performance to hold one offense to seven points. And yeah, um, just unbelievable. The Los Angeles Rams, I must call them the Chargers, the L.A. Rams, as we like to call them in the old days, not the Los Angeles Rams, the L.A. Rams. Their average points, their average point, their average output per game was 33 points. 33 points coming into this game. And yes, they may have played some cream puffs, but still 33 points. That's nuts. Today, seven Seven. Um, the second half of the game was just, you know, the Rams were reduced to like double-digit yardage. The Vikings just dominated. I mean, about five, I mean, almost, well over 400 total yards for the Vikings today. Just unbelievable. Um, Yankee out of Brooklyn Center says, it was a really well-balanced team all around. D kept the number one scoring offense to... Oh, so it's that much. Okay, my oh yeah, that's their total yards. Yeah, because the first half they got more, two hundred fifty-four yards and one touchdown. Yep, Gurley only thirty-seven yards. Uh huh. Rush is a plus in my book, and that is a huge plus. Great to thoughts. You are a star candidate for this show, Yankee, and I think Patrick Grant should be a star candidate. Doesn't guarantee you're going to get it, but you're on the list for sure of possibilities. Um, Leland says solid performance all around. Good luck, Joey, on picking a Tarkington Award. And I, yeah, it was tough, but I wound up with Thielen. And Linval Joseph just leading that defense the way he does. Um, and, of course, Keenum's right there, too. For being as gutsy as he is. Just love him. Mark Carlson out of Iowa, like I've said. So, uh, he says, I have to give credit to backup quarterback who is getting it done. To the backup quarterback who is getting it done. Deep throws make me smile once in a while. I love the fierce defense. I do, but this backup quarterback is looking so good. 
I love the deep threat that has developed. Oh, man, I am so happy. But can I bring up one dark spot? Field goals. Two missed field goals. Six points. Still, this was a great game, and I enjoyed the in-game chatter with with many of the Pearl Mafia greats. That's for sure. Yep. He says, it was great to read their posts live and interact with them. Skull Mark Byway. And isn't it, though? Isn't it? Um, Brad McCarthy says, I don't want to hear anything about Teddy anymore until Case starts messing up. Love Teddy, but Case... Casey's the guy. Casey is the guy. Yep. <laughs> and I always thought, yep, it is Casey. Uh, I also posted a picture because I got this cute little tree that I'm touching right here. It's right next to the little light, you know, because I'm sitting right here. I call it the studio. I, I, I can't call it Provo Mafia Studio because I do Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild here as well. But you could call it the Purple Mafia Studio when I'm recording or Timberwolves Explosion Studio. But I got a deck off for Christmas with this cute little tree. And when I saw this thing at Target, I was like, man... <laughs> I love this thing. It's just perfect. It's so tiny, but it just it just lights up the room, the little cute thing. And it's nothing better. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's only eight bucks too. So free plug for Target, I guess. I'm sure they really need my help, but free plug, free, free plug for Target. Watch everybody buy it. And Target will never know I even sent it to him. But, oh, well, uh, I got a little tiny interaction here. Who, who, where'd it go? Okay, Mark Carlson says, I have always wondered what Purple Mafia Show Studios looked like. Classy. Thank you. I think the tree helps. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for that, Mark. I wish it was classy, but I don't know. Maybe in some ways it is. I, I hope you're, you're the one that makes it classy, my friend. Um, let's check and see if there's any visitor posts. Sometimes there are, sometimes they're not. Nope. So that's it for that part of the fan interaction. Um, I gotta say though, Josh Mayer Henry, awesome in the uh, in the uh, in-game post throughout the game today. Gotta give him credit as well. He was uh, very active. He will get a star today. Um, gold star of the day today. Boy, it's always so tough. Mm. Gold star for today's show. <sighs> boy, boy, boy. Mm, mm, mm. You know, it's like Josh Mayer and Brett, Brett McCarthy. They should get something, both of them, every week. They're like the Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen of this show when it comes to the the in-game. You know, it's like, you know, because like sometimes it's like you think about the post-game, but during the in-game, too, it's just so fun. And, of course, Mark Carlson's like, you know, that Hall of Famer. You know, I always love you guys. Uh, gold star for this show. I'm going to give it to, boy, I mean, you know, I'm going to give it to Yankee. I really loved what he had to say. Um, Silver Star, Josh Mayer Henry, and James Beck. Love that too. Or actually, James Beck. I'll, I'll give him a yeah. He'll he'll get the Silver Star. Um, Bronze Star, Brett McCarthy, and Dave Hickey. Bron, uh, Brett McCarthy and Dave Hickey will bring home the Bronze Stars today. Yeah, you know, I mean, I could go on forever at who deserves them. I mean, obviously, Gerald String, Mark Carlson. Um, you know, and I, I, I'll give another gold, uh, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to give, uh, oh boy, I'm going to go crazy. Gold star. I'm going to move uh, Josh Beer Henry up to gold star with Yankee and Mad Martin's got a share of silver with, uh, yeah, he, he deserves a silver and for the, I mean, just, he's so good. You know, it's like you could give people gold stars every week, but you can't, you know, cause other people deserve it too. So that type of thing, Josh Mayer Henry is going to share a gold star with Yankee. Uh, Mad Martin and James Beck will get the uh, silvers. <sighs> yep, James Beck gets the silver. And then, man, I'm going ape crap. 
yeah, uh, I think Patrick Grant deserves a bronze always too. He's it's like it's like an honorary bronze. He's always involved, and I love what love what he has to say. Yeah, he's a wonderful contributor to the show as well. He gets at least a, a bronze in there too. So thanks again, guys, for everything for uh, being a part of the show. God bless all of you. My little statement about winter. See how I can go briefly off topic at the end of the show, and it's only for a couple of minutes. It's not like I hogged the whole show with uh, nonsense, or I went to go see the Vikings cheerleaders. Like anybody cares that I went to go see the Vikings cheerleaders, and I'm going to go on and on about that, or some dinner with this person and that person. Like anybody cares. See, that's why I don't like uh, local radio, and I never, ever, ever listen to it live because I fast forward through it. So I have the ability to fast forward through it when they're just going on and on. I don't care that you took your kid to karate class. You know, good for you. That's nice. Maybe that's cool. But you don't need to talk about it for 15, 20 minutes. And I don't care about somebody's girlfriend. You know what I mean? It's, no offense, but it's like this isn't, you know, when you're on radio, this isn't your little personal chit-chat at the bar. It, it, it's not. We're, you know, we're, we're not your close personal friend, PA. We're not. And it's not just PA. It's like everybody locally. And even on other shows, you got to think about that. The listeners tune in because the show is Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings show. The show is Brave the Wild. The show is, you know, you're hoping to listen to sports radio, not just some random nonsense, you know, that type of thing. Um, And if it's a certain topic or whatever, maybe warn people in advance too, too, sometimes. Like if you're going to talk about Gophers volleyball, Gopher volleyball for a half hour, well, some people are interested, so, oh, cool, they're going to talk about Gober Volleyball. Come on over here, uh, Thelma. You're, you're going to want to listen to this. And this person doesn't want to listen, so they so they leave. Maybe the ratings stay almost the same because people kind of interchange. Like, the ones that aren't interested can move away, and the, the ones that are specifically will know, and they're going to come and listen. Stuff like that, rather than just jumping into something and screwing around. But, I don't know. It just is what it is. Uh... <laughs> As for winter, my thoughts on winter... And the cleanup situation, God, it's been, you know, when it's been dry, it's been freaking cold. I like cold, but not when I'm working, uh, trying to do lawn cleanups. It's it's tough. Uh, last Friday, last Friday, not this Friday, the one that just passed was 12 degrees and breezy. 12 degrees and breezy, and we did lawn cleanups for over eight hours. <laughs> yes, we did. That was not easy. Um, my thoughts on winter. Again, and when it's been a little bit warmer, it was wet. Now, finally, we're getting into the, the dry stretch. Finally, it took the whole damn month to get there. Last year, we flew through the thing because it was nice like it's going to be tomorrow. Thanks. Or tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening, Monday. Um, my thoughts on winter. Now, I'll finally get to that. Once we're finally done with these cleanups, I can't wait. I hope it stays to like the 20s and we get fluffy snow. Not the wet snow. I don't want 35 and fluff and fog and crap like that. That's not winter. It's ugly. And is it that much better than like 20 and fluffy snow? Innocent fluffy snow? I, I'm not asking for two feet of snow, just a few inches. So we can have a Christmas season look like Christmas season. The only thing that we all probably severely dislike about Christmas season is the, anytime you go anywhere to shop or whatever, it's hell on earth. Even just a grocery store, it's hell. But with that said, let's move on. I'm dragging it, but uh, hope you enjoy this. Uh, it's going to be a nice, drier week. Hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving turkey, and hopefully more than ever, we enjoy a Minnesota Vikings victory at Thanksgiving for the first time since 1998 when Randy Moss was taking a bite out of those drumsticks on national television, and he was taking a bite out of those Dallas Cowboys who passed on him in the draft after pretty much promising they were going to take him. He had three catches, three scampers to pay dirt. Period. That's what he did. Go get him Adam Thielen. Go get him Stefan Diggs. 
uh, in uh, the uh, the Ford field there. So let's uh, let's make it more of a Chevy or a Honda or whatever car you prefer. Anything but Ford this Sunday. So this Thursday, pardon me. And enjoy. God bless. Enjoy your dark meat. Enjoy your light meat. Enjoy your gravy. Enjoy your salt and pepper. Your stuffing. Your herbs. Oh, and I don't mean special herbs. I just mean herbs that go on food. That kind of herb. Uh, <laughs> Backwoods bastard. A nice scotch ale. Something like that afterwards. Much afterwards. So not like right around that time. But uh, whatever. Do whatever you're going to do. Maybe you don't have to record. I do. So wink wink there so it is what it is take care we'll talk to you soon and god bless